Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Hey everyone, it's Jeff Duoskin. Great to have you back for another bonus episode of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show, where we pull segments from our live show, Crossing the Streams, and share them with you. What is Crossing the Streams? Crossing the Streams is myself and a bunch of friends just having a conversation about TV shows and movies we love to binge, watch, stream. And we do it live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen in. And the idea of the show is everyone's always asking themselves, what TV show should I watch next? I just finished X and now I need to watch something else. Well, this show fills in that blank for you. You're welcome. Every week live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter, Fireside, Chat App, Facebook, and YouTube. We go live. There's over 50 hours on YouTube that you can dive into of great TV binge-watching suggestions. It's me, Howard Rosner, Ron Lippett, Sal D'Amelio, Bob Phillips. We get together, and then we have guests. It's a whole lot of fun. It's a whole lot. You never know what's going to happen. These are live segments that we just pulled right from the live show. We're talking, chatting, all that kind of good stuff. Today, we got a great lineup. The Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix, Billions on Showtime, and Resident Alien. We're going to start by going back in time to episode 20, where our guest Mick Manhattan talked about Resident Alien, which you can watch on the Sci-Fi channel. Take it away, Mick. Well, speaking of not understanding stuff, let's move on to Resident <laughs> Alien. Uh, That's a good completing our Alan Tudyk uh, week to week dive into his work. Take it away, Mick. Uh, Resident Alien. I, I found this one uh, while it was still on. It's the first season just uh, premiered in February, I think, uh, and it was um, on Sci-Fi Channel. And uh, they have a gem every once in a while. Uh, so I love Alan Tudyk. So anything Alan Tudyk is in, I will watch. And when I saw this, I never read the comic, but I was aware of it, that it existed. And so I was like, all right, let me check this out, see what he does with it. And I got to tell you, all right, uh, before I review it, let me tell you what it's about. So he is an extraterrestrial that crash lands on Earth. He is sent here for a mission. And when he crashes, he loses parts of his ship. He takes sanctuary in an old cabin by a lake where... Alan Tudyk is uh, resting and they get into a fight and he winds up killing him. And then he takes his form. And that was, he was a doctor that was kind of hiding out. It's a murder mystery because he gets pulled into uh, the town doctor getting murdered. And so the sheriffs ask him like, listen, we don't have anybody else. This is a tiny little town in Colorado. I think Zach lives there actually. Uh, Patience, Colorado. Um, <laughs> so they uh, so they pull him in to help investigate and do like the do everything um, because he's an alien with a who's a lot smarter than us humans. He can adapt and, and learn really fast. So he, he takes it on. Uh, it's just really well done. Then he winds up getting taking the role of town doctor until they can find somebody new. They have the men in black chasing him down. He is befriending uh, townspeople, but he's like very quirky and weird. 
uh, and they don't understand him. Uh, the whole thing is just, it's hilarious from beginning to end, but it's also the murder mystery aspect of it is so fun. Uh, I, I love it. It's, it's on, it's on par with clue in my opinion. Communism is nothing but a red herring. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I love the show. Uh, every episode, is there's just something to it that just kind of like there's a good charm to it, but it also like every character in it is quirky and weird, but you just you fall in love with them. And there's lots of I love it because there's a Native American aspect to it, and uh, they they take to him as an alien more than they take to anyone else. Like there's a lot of jokes about the white people stealing their land and such, and the alien seems to get it. So they do a really good job in that you know, with the jokes and stuff like that. But it's going to, it got renewed for a second season. So I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Steve, the pirate is one of the greatest characters in cinematic history. <laughs> yes. Well, you I will know, tell you. Guy uh, who thinks he's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I highly recommend this show for everybody to check out. It's just, what, and what, I'm sorry. What network did you say this was on? The sci-fi channel. Sci-fi channel. Got it. So I won't always recommend something from Sci-Fi Channel, but so every once in a while they come up with a, a, a hidden gem. Like The Expanse. Yes, 100% agree with The Expanse. Of course, Amazon took that on. But uh, yeah, no, so let's... Uh, I, I just recommend this to everybody. I think everybody should check it out. Uh, Jeff DeWaskin would fall in love with it. I'm going to check it out. I love Alan, too. He's the, he is one of the best. All right, that was Resident Alien on the Sci-Fi Channel, brought to us by Mick Manhattan. You can check out Mick's podcast, The Scene Snobs, everywhere podcasts can be found. Up next, Howard Rosner is going to take us through Billions. He mentions Billions a lot on the show. This was his official review of the show he can't stop raving about. Take it away, Howard. Speaking of needing money, yeah. billions. Buh, 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 buh. So Howard I know Rosner. I've mentioned this show a couple of times before. So when I have when I have rough weeks, just where I'm exhausted mentally because of things, last week had some issues with the dogs, and I'm, I'm mentally drained, instead of picking up and watching something new, generally speaking, what I do is go back and watch like favorite episodes of shows. So Billions is in the middle of its fifth season. The fifth season was uh, was delayed by COVID, uh, and they are filming the basically filming back to back the rest of the fifth season and then the sixth season right now. It is one of my favorite shows of all time. I, I know I've said that before. Two of my favorite actors, Paul Giamatti. I can't get enough of of anything he was in. I flipped on the TV the other day and a uh, horrible movie, but the negotiator with Samuel Jackson was on and he's, I forgot Paul Giamatti was just a, you know, a bit player in that. And he's just great. I love him in everything he's in. So uh, for those, he was even great know, in Planet of the Apes. I don't know if I he played the orangutan. Yeah, he's a orangutan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's great. I mean, obviously, Sideways, mm -hmm. one of my favorite. Yeah. Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man Two. He's, oh, yeah, that's right. He was Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Why didn't they bring him back for the Spider Verse? <laughs> oh, he's coming nowhere. Who lives near a train? I just heard a train. Not me. Did I just hear a train. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. I thought I heard a train. Go ahead. Oh, too much pot. Too much pasta. <laughs> no. Anyway, so for those who haven't seen this show, the 
gist of the show is that Paul Giamatti, uh, in starting in season one, is the U.S. Atter- U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, which is relevant nowadays, obviously. And his wife, Maggie Siff from Sons of Anarchy, who I think is incredible also, she works as a private therapist for the employees of a hedge fund run by Damian Lewis, Band of Brothers, and other other great shows. I, I love him in Band of Brothers. Uh, Bobby Axelrod, Axe Capital is his hedge fund. He very clearly operates on the edges of legality. So you've got the U.S. District Attorney trying to bring down the hedge fund man, hedge fund manager operating on the edges of legality, and in between is his wife, the District Attorney's or the uh, U.S. Attorney's wife, who works uh, as the right hand to the hedge fund manager. And that's where the first season starts. And it's it's great. They're both obsessed. One's obsessed with making money. The other is obsessed with bringing him down. It uh, Each season gets better and better, in my opinion. In season two, they introduced uh, Asia Kate Dillon, who uh, plays a character named Taylor Mason that is a non-binary character who just adds such a great, First of all, it's an incredible character. And then I think it adds such another great layer, especially in the first uh, and second season that she's on, just watching other characters have to relate to some uh, to somebody that isn't so um, somebody that is different for them to deal with, in especially that financial world. And I think that's fascinating as well. But the twists and turns of the show are superb. The acting is superb. Uh, the writing is great. The show is created by by the younger Sorkin and Brian Koppelman, who wrote Rounders, uh, was his wow, first yeah. major movie. And so I think that, you know, from a show running standpoint, I think it's great. It's just awesome. It's got a little bit of... Um, the Sorkin style in the dialogue, um, which I think is similar to the Mammut style, which is a lot of references and lengthy dialogue that uh, is colorful to, um, you know, it's kind of, I always think it's kind of like machine gun dialogue to color a scene, which, you know, newsroom, anything Sorkin's done uh, is, is you always see that sports night, same thing. And so it's, it's got a lot of that to it. I, I just love the show. Um, I'm so excited for it to start. They haven't announced, but it'll be the second half of this year. Uh, for sure. It's on showtime and streamable. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you have plenty of time now to go watch the four and a half seasons before they start the new show. It, uh, it's, it's a fantastic show. By the way. Yeah. I heard good things, man. Yeah. I got to check that one out. So very cool. All right, so billions it is, my friend. Billions. What was? What is that on, Howard? What did you say? Showtime. Watch Showtime. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't think I have Showtime. Yeah, I don't either. You know, the first couple seasons may be. I'll check right now. They may be available on other services. Um, they definitely chew through a lot of storylines on that show. Like where other shows would take like an entire season for a storyline, they plow through it in about three three episodes, which blew my mind. How much content they go through. They do, but yet somehow there's always um, the thematic is going on for the entire season. What, what are the episodes? Yeah, are they it's 25 minutes or 50 minutes? No, no, it's oh. it's an hour. It's, it's an hour. An hour yeah. right. What do you, what do you think? Did you do you like it, Jeff? Jeffrey, it is really good. Yeah, thematically, it's about two guys that are obsessed, but they're obsessed in different ways, and so it becomes about obsession uh, versus 
power versus control. So it's like having two alpha dogs in the same yard. I mean, that's really what this is. And the amount of lengths these guys will go through to destroy each other and how you really realize that uh, they're both shallow individuals who really don't care about anybody else except for winning. And so it's just watching these two hot messes go at each other through their own divisive means. It's actually it's quite amazing to watch um, how their lives fall apart because of it. And then eventually they just burn everything down trying to go at each other. So even when they have peace, they don't have peace because they're trying to find the new angle. Because one of the tricks with with writing for television, like long form narrative versus a feature, which is a limited narrative, is to always keep them bleeding. So these guys are always getting back together, somehow making repairs of their individual lives with their families, but then doing something that screws it up just a little bit more. Um, it's, it's fascinating. I should mention two other two other characters on the show that are, are smaller characters, but still have their moments uh, that I think are Jeffrey DeMunn, who plays... Uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, plays uh, Paul Giamatti's father. Um, you know him from a bunch of other things. He's in The character. Walking Dead, played yeah. Carl, or um, not he, Carl, but the other guy. He is so good as his father. And then stand-up comedian Dan Soder plays, oh, he's a great. plays a character named Mephee. And he's gotten actually had a bigger role as the seasons went on. And he's just great, great he's, comedian. He's a great comic foil. Um, his dialogue's usually pretty funny, and it usually involves a lot of stuff that he likes. He um and, and Koppelman as well. Like they've mentioned pro wrestling a lot, and uh and you know, there's a there's a lot of gambling references. There's a lot of reference. Oh, uh in the third season third season teddy kgb himself from rounders he plays a character very similar to teddy kgb howard i have to see this just because just because of the connection with uh rounders that's literally in my top top 10 movies of all time it's one of my favorite movies of all time cool. I, it's, I, a, I, it's a great movie but it has good. As a, a poker fan, it has one of the, speaking of screenplay, it has such an immense plot hole. That final contest is such an immense plot yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. We it, argue it, about all the time, but uh, I'm not going to go just, into poker no, strategy. No, no, you're right. The poker part strategy part was was a little bit ridiculous, but, but the overall movie was unbelievable. And, and when they go up north to play in a poker tournament, they went to Binghamton, New York. That's where I'm from, just so you guys know. Oh, nice. No, I didn't know you weren't from Michigan. Um, no, all right. All right. That was awesome. Great job on Billions, guys. Nice. Yeah, great job. All right, everybody, that was Billions from episode 21. Thank you very much, Howard Rosner. And the other voice you heard in there predominantly was Jeffrey D. Calhoun, frequent guest of the show. Check out his podcast, The Successful Screenwriter with Jeffrey D. Calhoun, wherever podcasts can be found. Don't forget to check out Billions on Showtime. It is Howard's favorite, favorite, favorite show. And now we're going to skip ahead to episode 39, where Ron Lippett's going to take us through the Netflix documentary about Amanda Knox. Take it away, Ron. Why don't we jump in? Let's start with some light fare and go right into uh, Amanda <laughs> Knox. This is a documentary on Netflix that Ron is going to It is. It is. I'm back on the Netflix uh, binge again, even though I'm a big, you know, Apple TV Plus guy. But uh, how many of you, did you guys see the Amanda Knox story on Netflix? It's from 2016. It seems to be back into their rotation again. I saw Sweetwater, which she apparently uh, took exception to. 
I, I think I think that's why it's popular again because Sweetwater is sort of based on the story of Amanda Knox. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Sounds Foxy like John Noxie. Foxy Noxie. John had you seen it? It looked like you were about to No, so I but I was very familiar with the story because I spent some time in Italy in like 2004, so I mm-hmm. was kind of familiar with like students over there and it was a little sketchy and so I like closely followed the story of her being jailed and then let out and then the other guy gets caught and they, the media just like goes after her. So I haven't watched that documentary but I'm very familiar with the whole yeah, well, you know, and, and it, listen, we all know the story of Foxy Noxy and Amanda Knox being, you know, to your point, being, you know, uh, put in prison for four years in, in, in Italy for, for murder with her boyfriend and the whole whole thing, American. And, and what I find really interesting about this documentary, which, by the way, it is a, just a, a one hour and change documentary on Netflix. There's no episodes, just one uh, one sitting. And it's a, it's the classic documentary. It, it's archival footage with overlaid with mm. um, so-called, uh, you know, experts. Um, talking about the case. And uh, what's interesting about this particular documentary is it do- it features Amanda Knox herself in studio, kind of walking the viewer through each part of the of the case from from the lead up to the, the murder, um, you know, straight up to how she got out of Italy, how she got back to the United States, how she didn't return for her um, final appeal, uh, and all the decisions that, that went in this. And what you find out during the, the viewing of this is that it's a couple things. First off, you discover very clearly Amanda Knox is a very intelligent young lady. Um, she is incredibly articulate. She is effusive in the way she speaks. She's clear in, in what it is she's trying to communicate to you. She's still beautiful, by the way. And, and the other thing that really struck me is, you know, she's from Seattle. And I don't know where she got her education or if she uh, uh, studied Italian in Italy because she's not Italian. But I can tell you this, the, the girl speaks beautifully fluent Italian. And um, and that is seemingly like a trifle at the beginning. Like you wouldn't think that'd be such a big deal. But it, what comes through is how flawlessly she can navigate both the Italian and the American system, um, you know, through the through this process. And you're left wondering, she's so smart and cunning. Maybe she is guilty. Like maybe this whole thing, <laughs> maybe this whole thing is her, you know, her ability to manipulate these systems in such a way, manipulate this dope of a boyfriend she met in Italy, who you will very quickly ask, quickly ascertain is just an idiot, but good looking, you know, and she, there, there's a pivotal moment in the documentary where she looks right in the, in the camera. And this is a quote. She says, right to you. I think I'm trying to explain what it feels like to be wrongly convicted to either be this terrible monster or to be a person who is vulnerable. And the way she says to be this terrible monster, you kind of believe her. <laughs> she, she seems she seems like she's kind of a terrible monster. Now I, I will I will just say I'm glad that I'm glad this all ended up the way it did because what we have just recently found out having nothing to do with the documentary, there was uh, ultimately DNA uh, evidence that a more modern um, review of DNA evidence mm. that mm. that ended up um, um, proving beyond any doubt uh, that is it was that not, right? I didn't was know not, that. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. It was it was this um, this guy, uh, Italian gentleman who everyone had suspected all along if um, if it wasn't going to be Amanda Knox and her mm. boyfriend. So um, and that's great. So it means it means in the end we did get it right, uh, but. What also is interesting is that the Italians very much wanted to get her. The people, the the mood in Italy of the of the people was absolutely one hundred percent. She's guilty. She needs to be in prison for the rest of her life. And the mood here in the United States was um, this was um, impossible. There's no way that this that this girl, um, you know, from Seattle, Washington, could be could could possibly you know uh, commit this murder. So 
It, it is a very interesting watch. Uh, I, I was captivated the whole time. She is a very interesting interview. And I think she, the, the points she makes about her voyage from being a student, going through the process, and then coming back to her family, who they, they themselves weren't sure whether she was guilty or not. Uh, it's a very interesting watch. And I, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's just an hour and I think it's an hour and 10 minutes. I think the whole thing uh, on Netflix. And I, I think you'll enjoy it. So, uh, so have fun with it. Was it a appropriate hour and 10 minutes? Like, was that like the right time for it? Or did um, they even stretch it at that point? No, I, I thought it was pretty appropriate, actually. I, I thought they they did a nice job with the lead up, um, you know, how she ended up in, in – John, how do you pronounce it? Perugia? Per, Peruga? Per, do you know what I'm talking about? I think it's – I don't think it's Perugia. I think it's Perugia. Perugia, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they talked about how she – you know, she ended up there fairly randomly. Uh, you know, and they, so they talked about how she ended up in Italy and living in this essentially this hostel uh, of a house with these other people. She didn't even know Amanda Kircher, the British student who was who was murdered. Barely knew each other when when the murder went down. She had just met. I don't know if you guys knew this. This boyfriend that you know you see the the video of her kissing him and all the, the lovey dovey stuff. She just met the guy. Like, like a week earlier, five days earlier. Oh, you know, it's listen. It, it's always interesting to see beautiful women who end up being black widow, you know, murderers, and and it's just not the case in this one. But it it, it does add, I will say, a certain flair to the uh, to the documentary. I like how you subtly put still doubt into everyone's minds that yeah. maybe maybe she did it. Maybe, yeah, maybe she did. Maybe she did. I got to watch it because I'm not convinced yeah. she didn't do it. I, and, and by the way, I need to correct myself. I called it Sweetwater. It was, it was like, it's still, still water. water. Sorry still about water. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bob, you're going to have to check it out. And I'm interested in your opinion about it because. Okay, uh, it, I'm, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. It's very, it's very uncomfortable coming away from it. You're, you're really not sure if she's guilty or innocent. Okay. Uh, but now, but now we know. So just so you know, through that. All episode. right. Did I ever tell you guys my, my room blind freshman year at Eastern Michigan and my roommate shot his girlfriend and killed himself in Wisconsin. No, your roommate. Yeah. So we had, I had, wow. I had just moved out because he was crazy. And it was uh, your documentary. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my brother just recently was like, and mom and dad never got you therapy. And I'm like, oh my no, God, it didn't even occur to me. She's like, he's like, you were living with a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> or, yes. I mean, like, uh, and uh, but the girl turned out was fine. Actually, absolutely. She fine. survived. Yep, alive today with kids. Oh, Jeff, I, I seriously thought you were kidding this entire. Like, I thought you were leading up to a joke. Right <laughs> yeah, too. Oh, no, wow, no, no, nuts. no. There's I, literally I, no punchline to this. No. I, well, <laughs> Wait, so, you know, I well, it's um, Lee's comment about the parents made me remember because one of the the vivid memories I had at the time was watching his parents walk after that he had, they had found him dead. They walked in, going to his room to get his stuff. And oh, yeah. it was like decades later, it, it took on a whole different meaning once you have kids of your own. Yeah. And like in the whole idea of like, of watching that, oh. what hor how horrible it must have been. But um, wow. so if you want to hear a quick story, I'll tell you, like he, this guy was like, he would like scream at her on the phone. He put on shows and it was like my, uh, I had a friend, my good friend was named Tim and he would come into the room. And one day he just opens up the drawer, this other guy's drawer. His name was Chris. He opens up the drawer and I go, shut that drawer. That's not my drawer. And he shuts the drawer. Right. And so later that day, we're back in the room and my friend Tim, just to be a jerk to me, go, he goes, Oh, you don't open this drawer. And there's a note that says, did you enjoy going through my drawer? He did. All he did was open it and shut it. Okay. I was just like, Oh, my God. oh dude. 
It was like oh that single God. white female level. Stuff. You were like yeah. on his list. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah. Like get. Like, oh. so, wow! What they think what happened was that he wanted they he he didn't want her to break up with him. She was Jewish. He wasn't. Apparently, he was anti-Semitic. It, none of it made sense. <laughs> but the um the uh, but the uh, they think Romeo and Juliet. They think he was going to kill himself in front of her, and she ran, and like he then he just kind of shot her, uh, literally shot uh, her in the head, and it came out her mouth, like if you uh, were, like, an inch higher, dead, right? And uh, uh, and then they found uh, him in a hotel room. Did not get a, a four point. Everyone asked, don't ask. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> ep- epilogue to the story, no four point. No four uh, point. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, wow. Yeah. Only and you're getting on me for my boxing documentaries. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this podcast just took a turn. This is the Macabre podcast. Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's... maybe our ratings will go up. We're a murder mystery podcast. <laughs> I was thinking, I was Wednesday. All right. Thank you, Ron Lippett. Ripped from episode 39, the Amanda Knox documentary on netflix i do want to say just so everyone knows we're not paid to talk about any of these particular shows or streaming services these are just shows and stuff that we love and we want to share it with you that being said join us every wednesday 9 30 p.m eastern time on facebook twitter fireside app and live on youtube chat along with us hear new recommendations every week follow us on youtube to get alerted and check out our entire back catalog we hope you enjoyed hearing about the amanda and documentary billions and resident alien you got so many more shows coming your way in the meantime grab your remote and cross your own streams we'll see you next time thanks for listening to this special edition of crossing the streams visit us on youtube for full episodes and catch us live every wednesday at 9 30 p.m eastern time now turn this off and go watch some tv And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.